Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the BMW Blog Podcast. This is episode 21, and uh, this is an interesting episode because right now uh, we're we're kind of on uh, self-quarantine due to the coronavirus. So Horatio uh, has joined me remotely, and we are going to talk to you about – we have some interesting topics. Um, one, we want to talk to you about the coronavirus in general and the impact it's having on not only just you know civilians but the auto industry as well and BMW – um, we, we're going to talk about the BMW M235i Grand Coupe because we've both driven it now uh, quite a bit. So we're going to kind of compare uh, our notes on that. And uh, we also want to talk about the 7 Series Electric coming out because that is something that kind of made some big news earlier in the week. So we're going to talk about that. So uh, hi, Horacio. Thank you for joining me. Hey, Nico. Thanks for having me once again. Hope you're staying safe in New Jersey. Yes, you too. Yeah, thanks. I mean, it's a... Uh... We can start with that. Basically, there's some interesting times happening, you know, and uh, yeah, for it's sure, impact not just you know the automotive industry and BMW, but also pretty much everyone I know, and I'll say the entire world. Yeah, I mean, like countries are shut down. You know, it's kind of crazy. Like Italy is completely shut down, and China's really feeling it. South Korea. I mean, obviously us here in the U.S. too, but we're kind of um, we're a bit late. We're a bit late to the party. Uh, yeah, I mean, and hopefully we uh, we get a grasp on it. But I mean, we've seen the news all this week, and I mean, if we stay on the automotive side, basically, you know, I mean, we've seen BMW they're uh, they shut down their uh, factories in Germany. They've closed uh, they closed down also the factory in uh, in South Africa, and I think the only one that's open right now it's the U.S. Uh, plant. And based on what I know, I think they're keeping an eye on the situation and. If it escalates uh, in that region, I guess they will um, they will take a second look and see what next steps need to That's be taken. But but I do know that Germany, you know, it's completely shut down for a while. I think they're gonna uh, they're gonna extend this into the Easter, uh, you know, vacation they usually have. Right. So I think they said two weeks now, and then another two weeks for Easter vacation. So for at least a month, I think the plant wow. is closed. No one really knows, you know, what's gonna happen afterwards if um, things will. Uh, if the curve will be flattened by then, and then we can all return to fairly normal lives. Uh, the the right. headquarters, I think, in Munich, it's also um, they're also working from home. All of them. Same thing with BMW M. Same thing with uh, uh, BMW of North America. So I guess everyone is just you know staying home, staying safe. What is still trying to do their job. I mean, the new cycle it's a little bit slower. I mean, we can reveal now uh, this week. We were supposed to go to Palm Springs, California. There was an amazing event yeah. planned out. They were supposed to drive some uh, pretty much all the new cars that came out in the last six months. And there were a few world premieres. So I think the one that was really interesting, you know, it was the Alpina XB7. So that's yeah. the name of the car that we're supposed to see, the Alpina version of the X7. So I was extremely excited to see the car. I don't think we would have got a chance to drive it, but, you know, just seeing the car would have been cool. And then um, the one test drive that I guess you know would have been cool to uh, uh, to do would have been the M8 Grand Coupe. I'm not sure yeah. if that was <laughs> set up on the track or on the road. I mean, there was a track there, the M perform the BMW driving school. So maybe they would have let us drive it on the track. I'm not sure. And I guess the highlight really of the entire event it was a uh, I don't know. Just just call it a VIP closed room uh, with the new uh, BMW M3 and M4. So yeah, I'm disappointed we're not going to get to see those in person. Yeah, I mean the first time we would actually see the car, 
in a normal setting, not leaked. Um, fortunately, I guess uh, photos and most of the things would have been under embargo until probably uh, early fall, but at least we had an idea, you know, what the car would look like. And, right. Just so the audience so, understands, yeah. like that closed room would have been, you know, they usually like take your phone, they take your cameras, they don't allow you uh, to bring any like stuff like that in so you can post your own pictures. Um, like sometimes they, they'll let us do like a little short video in there, but mm-hmm. it's one done by them. And like, you know, we we have to, you know, agree to not release it to until a certain embargo date, but at least we would have been able to actually see the car in person uh, for the first time. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't think any, any journalist that goes to one of those events, even if they don't take your phone away. I mean, I've had close rooms and they just, you know, let me keep the phone on me and, no, oh man, no they must not trust me as much. Then they usually take mine. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just it's, I mean, it's just based on the event. I mean, and who's around it, but usually right. they they know the people that go there are trustworthy, and they're not going to try to sneak out to get a photo and then post it. And it's oh, pretty easy to find out. Pretty easy to find out who did that. Usually, right? So, yeah, I, I don't think anyone um, would do that. And it's not it's not it's not ethical to do that, right? I mean, you go to close so. Of course. Shout out yeah, to so BMW Canada, though. They took my phone and put it in like a special, like little locked case that I couldn't get it out until my way out. They were hardcore up there. Yeah, I've had the same thing. I mean, I've had the same thing in, in the US and in Germany, too, where they do the same thing. Um, so nothing unusual. I guess everyone does it. But yeah. Yeah. No, no. So, yeah so I guess that's the that's one of the effects of the uh, this, uh, you know, coronavirus, basically. A lot of launches have been delayed uh, or canceled. Um, I guess. I mean, it's it's not it's not the main thing that matters in the world right now. I guess us being safe, you know, and getting through this, it's more important. Um, you know, from a new cycle, of course, it impacts us as well. There are not that many as us before. There are not that many cool things that we can go live and experience and you know bring to right. our readers and to our listeners. So you know, we we certainly will feel that a little bit. Uh, I just you know published an article today that the uh, uh, Concorso di Eleganza, di Eleganza uh, in um, Lake Como has been postponed till October as well. Um, they have some other events going on in May and June, which I'm not sure if they're gonna, you know, uh, be happening now. I also had an event in uh, Spain. Out of, I was supposed to fly next month to drive the uh, Mini GP, which. I was extremely excited because it was a very small event. It was hard to get in, and I really wanted to drive that car. Apparently, it's it's a riot, and I was certainly looking forward to um, to do that. So that's canceled too. So unfortunately, not that many launches coming up. But hopefully, yeah. the second half of the year will pick up, and we can really bring some great news. In the meantime, like everyone else, we're staying home, we're staying safe, we're you know doing social distancing, and you know, fortunately, yeah. I mean, fortunately for us, we're we're able to. Um, you know, work from home and still write articles. And there is so much to write still. I mean, it's not just about new cars. I mean, the BMW topic, it's so uh, right. it's so vast. I and mean, you can really write a lot of things, even from the history. And yeah. there's still things that we can do. So our coverage will continue. We'll do what we've done so far. And then we'll just take it day by day and see what happens. Yeah, it is kind of crazy, though. Like just it seems like the whole world is shutting down you know you see major like when you see major corporations that are multi-billion dollar companies like bmw and bmw is not the only automotive company that's shut down you know i've been seeing emails from all sorts of like press emails from all sorts of different companies saying like we are shutting down operations in the u.s until you know indefinitely you know it's kind of crazy when you see these multi-billion dollar manufacturing companies just kind of crippled by this virus it's kind of almost 
shocking to see, you know, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly, I mean, it's, I think the effects of this will be felt for many years to come. Uh, I mean, if we're going to be Probably, strictly yeah. speaking about the automotive world, I mean, any, any plans for this year to, you know, to have a growth, you know, and higher sales, it's likely not going to be achieved. Right. Yeah, it'll be a lot of companies trying to, you know, um, figure out what the next steps are. If they need to cut, you know, any costs somewhere, if they need to scale back on, you know, cars being launched. I'm not sure exactly. I guess no one's really planning for that because we just don't know how long this will take. So that's kind of the hardest part. You, you just can't plan yet. Yeah. But BMW had a great uh, investors call, financial call, I think a few days ago, and they kind of talked about what they plan to do, the next steps, you know, in the future, what their investments will go into. And then, of course, the caveat was that they just don't know what's going to happen this year. So they seem to be in a very strong financial position for now. Um, and hopefully, you know, this will pass and we can all go back to normal and still, you know, go back and enjoying cars and going back to the dealerships. I guess BMW right. North America also, um, they issued a relief package today for the U.S. dealerships to help them through these times. I guess no one is really going to a, to a showroom right now. So that's certainly impacting the sales. Yeah, and they're trying to work together with the dealers to, you know, to help them and, you know, make sure that everyone is taken care of. And that's kind of the most important thing in this time. You know, it's really supporting each other, you know, trying to keep jobs going. You know, you don't yeah, want, you know, people to lose their jobs and all of that. So you know, we're, we're doing our part. Others are doing the same. I put a shout out last night on, on our Facebook page to uh, our sponsors. They've been with us for a very long time. So, you know, I said there that I truly appreciate you know, the support and we'll try to help them in any way we can as well. So everyone is trying to be helpful. Everyone's trying to get through this. Right. So, yeah. So that's on the topic of Corona. Well, I guess we can move on to some news and maybe talk about something more, more positive, yeah, something, something you know, more, more interesting, you know, exactly. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. Let's, let's talk about the M235i Grand Coupe because we've both driven it quite, a, quite a bit now, like both have driven it pretty extensively. And uh, so I, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Cause my thoughts are, I had when I first drove it, a few months ago, I had I thought felt one way about it. Now I kind of feel a little bit of a different way about it. So I kind of want to hear your thoughts first. On the MT35i? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I drove the car last month in Portugal. I think I mentioned a little bit. Um, basically, I let me start with the design, right? So I paused for a second because I wanted to go into the test drive, but let me just start with the design. <laughs> It's, I've seen the car before. It was, I mean, we've seen it in LA. Um, I knew what to expect, you know. I mean, it's one of those cars that it has some really good angles. So if you look at some angles, it looks really, really good. Of course, from the back, it can look a little bit quirky, you know, and it's, and it's certainly different, right? I would say it's, it's different. I mean, naturally, it's front wheel based. So the packaging, the proportions will be significantly different from a, you know, rear wheel drive car. You know, the engine position is different. So that will impact what you can do with that design. As with right. any new design, everyone, you know, says, you know, I could do this differently or I should have done this differently. Or, you know, if you give me the pen, I, I could, you know, draw the car, you know, you know, better way. The car, it's not for everyone. I mean, that's the bottom line. If you're a true BMW enthusiast, old school BMW enthusiast, you're probably not going to like the car. I mean, that's just the, that's just the way things are. If you're trying to get into the brand you're one of those millennials you know younger generation that really doesn't 
care or doesn't know about the iconic BMW design lines and cues, then to you, it will just be a cool looking BMW with a badge on. And if you want to drive a BMW car, that might be one way to get into the brand. Um, certain models are uh, affordable, maybe not the M235i, but they're definitely um, they're definitely a few models all over the globe that they're not that expensive. So it's a good way to drive a uh, BMW without having to pay a lot of money. So I guess that was the that was the bottom line. Uh, when it comes to design, they've also started this design language years back. I would say probably six, seven years. So their plans were a little bit different back then. It was not an SUV only world really. And um, not yet. you know, I've also yeah. So. Uh, I'm not sure what the design philosophy was back then, but you know, if we look past that, it's a car that you either like it or you don't. There is no other. For sure. There is no middle ground. So it's very if polar, you're, right? if you look on Instagram and we post a lot of photos there, I mean, you can follow BMW blog on there. I mean, also on my, our YouTube channel, you can see the split reaction from the community. So it, it's it's clear. I mean, I've done some polls as well, and we always, you know came out as almost 50 50 so that tells me it's a small sample or maybe not that small i mean we have you know over three million followers but not everyone voted <laughs> but um you can see clearly there that's you know a split split decision and that's that so if i were to move past the design um let me start with the driving experience i mean it uses the most powerful four-cylinder two-liter engine that they have Clearly, it's a four-cylinder, so it's never going to have the character of a six-cylinder. It's never going to sound the same. But from my point of view, it's a very, very good engine. Uh, I actually enjoy driving that engine in the M135i. Um, it doesn't leave you the desire to have more power or more torque. It's got the amount of power and torque that you need at all time. So, you know, going into that test drive, I kind of knew what to expect from the M135i. I was definitely surprised to see how engaging the drive was. I mean, you know, we go back once again to the, you know, steering and all of that. Yes, you know, it's not the same steering as in older BMWs. It's a little bit softer. Actually, it's not even that soft, actually. It's kind of twitchy a little bit. So I want to yeah, say this one it's it, yeah, it is soft. Yeah. I would say it's a little bit twitchy. So they try to make it more responsive, you know, to, so people, you know, really stop complaining about that, uh, you know, and, and I'm not sure if everyone will like that. If somebody wanted something more comfortable, you can make it more comfortable. So you can adjust that a little bit through the, through the settings. Uh, you know, since I drive mostly in sport, uh, you know, sport plus, whatever sport individual it has, then it's a little bit more twitchy and sporty, but it didn't really bother me. I had a lot of fun. I was on some really curvy back roads. So to me, um, the car the car was engaging to drive it took me it took me a while to get adjusted to the front wheel drive and the uh, differential and that i think it's called the torso differential and then um, yes it is yeah. um the arb which is uh, another you know engineering trick that they're using to kind of manage the power of the wheels so basically what i've learned you know by driving the car you know quite fast in some corners was that if you go into the corner and you know you're trying to get back onto the correct, uh, you know, driving line, the racing line, whatever you want to call it. Uh, instead of lifting, you know, the gas pedal, you actually have to apply more power. So then the system kicks in and it would actually, you know, correct the, tra the trajectory of the car and it would just pull you out of the corner. So it took me a while to get used to that, right? So instead of lifting the gas pedal, you know, give right. a little more gas and it would actually, you know, work, you know, really well that way. So to me, that was that was interesting about the car, uh, the X Drive. 
you know, like you said in your review, also it's not a true X drive, if you want to call it that no, way, but <laughs> they made it they made it that way that it still um it still lets you slip a little bit. So I actually like the fact that the rear kind of slips a little bit. You can even, you know, let it do that even more if you turn off some of the traction controls. But actually with the traction controls on, I was able to, you know, get a you know some really, really small drifts from the rear when I pushed it hard. So it was kind of fun you know, to do that. I wasn't planning really to do it, but I wanted to see if you can do it. So I didn't really have a chance to, uh, to you know, to fully test drive the X-Drive system, but it was uh, it was definitely working well with the grippy tires. So I had a lot of grip and I never felt the need to, um, you know, to change any of the settings. Right. That was kind of my impression of the car. I mean, it's like, like I said in my review, if it's, if you're the target demographic for that car, you'll definitely like it. If you're not, you're not going to like it. The front-wheel drivers, the rear-wheel drive discussion will always continue. And, of course, we're always going to love the rear-wheel drive more than we do the front-wheel drive. Their decision was really to, you know, use the architecture to make, you know, more affordable cars, to, you know, the save, save some money by using that platform, the front-wheel drive. And I'm assuming they've done the research and they figured out that, you know, people that would buy into that car, they wouldn't really care you know about the uh the drivetrain um and then right. or the architecture and you look at the competitors you know the mercedes you know and a class and the cla and all these guys and you know the audi you know and there's and they're selling well in that segment so oh very very well yeah so and they've done really well i mean the car came out maybe a couple of years too late because now we're all this suv craziness but Maybe this has a future. Maybe they will sell enough to maybe say in a few years, let's put an electric drivetrain into the car. So now you're taking a, you know, right. quirky, you know, interesting looking car and putting an electric drivetrain. So now you're kind of changing the whole, you know, mentality of, you know, people that want to buy the cars. Maybe they're going to jump into it because, you know, it's even though it doesn't have a lot of space in the in the rear. I mean, it's, you know, because it's a grand coupe, uh, it has a lot of trunk space. So that's that's really nice so it's fairly practical car i mean it's yeah. not an suv but it's really practical it, it is actually so more practical than i thought it was going to be yeah so that's my take on the m235i i mean i would buy the m235 over a i don't know 318i or something <laughs> like that you know any time because it's definitely more powerful it's more engaging so that's just me but then again i guess i've seen comments also from people that went to the dealership and test drove the car and they liked it so, yeah, it, it's really hard to come to a general consensus on this car. So I'm I'm really neutral to it. Yeah, it's a weird car because there are a lot of things that I think are really good about it. And there are a lot of things that I really didn't like about it. But I also think that there's a lot of potential there. Like after driving it for a week and kind of just living with it, and you know, driving it on roads I'm familiar with, so I could like really just kind of compare it to other cars that I drive. Um, I, I like when I first drove it, I drove it at Spartanburg and they gave me the chance to drive it on the road, but it was like a two second road course. And I basically just did a big square and I just made it like, I made, you know, four right turns and came back to where I was, but then I drove it on track and, you know, driving it at the limit, it was surprisingly fun on track. I was trying to keep up with an M8 competition. Obviously it's nowhere near as powerful, so I couldn't even come close, but like pushing it as hard as I could. Um, it was surprisingly fun. So I was excited to get it back and kind of drive it on roads. I know, but then mm -hmm. once I got it on the road, I realized like, if you're not pushing it, like really, really pushing it, it can be kind of dull. Like it'd be kind of boring to drive. And mm -hmm. it's not, here's the thing. I think the best part about it is its engine. 
I think that's a great engine. It's so fast. I mean, mm-hmm. 301 horsepower, 332 pound-feet of torque. BMW quotes it 4.7 seconds to 60. It's like really fast. Um, but like when it comes to just driving it, like just the handling, it just kind of, I don't know, it just never really felt exciting unless you're really pushing it hard. And I don't blame the front wheel drive. Like every fan's going to be like, oh, well, it's front wheel drive. That's why the BMWs can't be front wheel drive. But I actually think it's chassis is great. You know, it's really capable. It's really solid. uh, It's really rigid. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you could push it hard into corners. It does not give up that torsion differential you mentioned at the front. I mean, it does an incredible job of mitigating torque mm-hmm. steer and understeer. It's, it really is like it's probably the most pr- capable front wheel drive car I've ever driven. Um, now, admittedly, X Drive is standard on the M235i, but as you mentioned before, it's not a proper X Drive. It's Haldex, so only like the maximum yeah. amount of power that can go to the rear wheels is fifty percent. But yeah. it will throw fifty percent of the power to the rear wheels often enough. That if you're pushing it hard, it can be fun. The problem is you have to push it really hard. And exactly, I think BMW. I think a lot of people do that probably. Yeah, exactly. Like no one's going to do that on the road. Um, but I think there's so much potential there. It just needs tweaking. And the one thing I noticed, and I, I mentioned this in my video review, which we posted earlier, is that um, the the steering feels really mm-hmm. twitchy. It's like almost really like wooden. Mm-hmm. It's it's super fast off center, but it doesn't have a lot of pro- like progression. It feels like it's almost like an on off switch. So like you go to steer and it's just super herky jerky, mm-hmm. and because of that, it kind of feels like I don't know. It just doesn't feel very accurate and playful. Like it feels like yeah. you're kind constantly counter correcting what you just did because you ask for a little bit of steering and you get a lot of steering. And I think you're right. They tried to make traditional BMW customers think like, oh well, it's still a you know a, a sporty car. Uh, even though it's front wheel drive, I, I I mean that's one idea, but I also think that they do listen to feedback, and you know the last few years everyone has been hammering, you know, on the fact that you know they're not you know twitchy enough, or there is not a lot of feedback coming to the steering, so they're constantly trying to improve that. The same thing they do with the suspension on some of the cars, they now they made them a little bit too sporty, right? And now people right. don't like them, so it's always hard to find that balance. I'm assuming they you know they spend a lot of time researching that, so. It, I guess the idea of this car was to really, hey, let's make it a sporty BMW. Let's give it the best we have, you know, even though it might be too much for some people. Yeah. Um, it's funny, though, because the, the 3 Series, like back with the F30 generation, everyone complained about the steering. So mm-hmm. they fixed it on the G20. This new G20, I think, has fantastic steering. Its steering is great. It's like, you know, it's it's progressive. It, you can trust it. It, it does. It's repeatable. It does the same thing every time. It just feels so accurate. And like, yeah, the steering rack's a little bit slower than on the M235i, so it doesn't feel as like sharp or as twitchy. But I think yeah. it's so much more predictable, and you can like lean on it. You know, you you know exactly what the front end is going to do every single mm-hmm. time. And I think with the M235i, it didn't have that. And again, these are like tweaks. Like that's that's software calibration of the you know. You know, just a little bit of calibration with the the power steering, so BMW yeah. could easily tweak that and make it better. Overall, I thought that the car had good bones. I thought it's a it's a good platform. Um, it's very very fast. It's a great engine. Um, I just think it needs some tweaking, and then you know maybe with an LCI update or even just another generation, hopefully, um, it's going to be a really 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 good car. Actually, I think there's a lot of potential there. Did you? Um... What did you think about the sound of the car? 
Oh yeah, so that's a that's an interesting one. So on the outside, it sounds great. It's actually one of the better turbo four cylinders on the market, I think, right now. It sounds really, really good. Um, but on the inside, okay. when I first drove it, I was like, oh, it's so I was driving it on the highway and it has like this really boomy bass. And it was kind of like mm-hmm. it was kind of like giving me a headache almost. It was like really annoying on the highway. And it sounded so artificial. But then I I I realized BMW offers this new feature where you can reduce the engine noise. And it's the like, noise yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, the, the, the artificial noise coming through the speakers you can noise, reduce yeah. and it's a revelation. Like you, you turn it, there's three settings. There's sporty, balanced, and reduced. Um, mm-hmm. Sporty is, you know, full on crazy. It's as loud and as, you know, aggressive on the inside as it can get yeah. balanced, you know, is balanced and then reduced. It reduces it almost all the way. It doesn't let you turn it off completely, but it reduces it almost all the way. And once I did that, I thought it sounded so much better. Like it was quiet on the highway, but then, you know, when you gave it gas, when you, you know, you know, downshift a couple gears and really let into the throttle, like you could hear in induction noise a little bit. You could hear the yeah. pops and the bangs and the exhaust. Like I felt like it, it really sounded real and I thought it sounded so much better. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool to do that, right? I mean, being able to adjust the, you know, the fake noise, you know, unfortunately yeah. you can't turn it off completely, but at least they give the option right now. It was not an option before. I think some of the newer models have it too. So, you know, that's, you know, like, again, they probably listened to feedback and that was one of the things that, you know, people always complain about. And I guess there were a lot of people that were, you know, trying to piggyback into the, you know, OBD, through the OBD system. Right, yeah. Turn it off and do all of that. So now they just give the option to reduce it. So, yeah. um, and, yeah, and just so, yeah, just man. the choice is great. Like, um, just to exactly. be able to choose. Like, some people might like the the sporty uh, setting where it's as you know crazy on the inside as it can get. It's just nice to be able to choose. You know, yeah, it actually sounds sounds actually decent. I actually liked it, I mean, especially downshifting and all that. Um, it's it sounded pretty good, so I didn't mind it. I mean, it's not a V eight, so <laughs> yeah, of course not. Beside the point, but I actually did not mind it. So I think they've. They made some progress in that area as well. Exactly, just just the ability to to make the choice and not have it, you know, not have BMW force your hand into listening to the engine. However, mm-hmm. they want you to listen to it. You can listen to it however you want to listen to it. I think that's that's important. Yeah, exactly. So yes, I mean, bottom line with that car, I think it will come down to lease prices. If especially in the U.S., where most of the cars are being leased, from what I remember. I think if any dealership will give you a good price on that lease, uh, then, um, <laughs> then you're happen. likely to to get into it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I guess it's all price shopping these days anyway. A lot of people, right. you know, they, they want to buy a premium brand, so they're going to start, you know, price shopping. So they're going to go right. to multiple brands, try to get the best price. And then, you know, they're set on the idea that they want to drive a BMW that's, you know, a, a status. So, um and that really, I, that. I think that's important for customers in that segment is the status because I, every car, like the BMW M235 is too expensive, but it's also competitive. Like What's the Audi S3 is too expensive. Price. The Mercedes AMG, whatever it's called, is too expensive. Um, you know, the car, the high performance cars in that, that price bracket are just overpriced. They just are. Um, but I think that the customers who buy them are willing to pay for that like they're, they're getting the sportiest version of the two series whereas i think mm-hmm. even the base model three series is the better car like it, well in the u.s the base model three series is the 330i so it's a really yeah, good car the three, yeah um yeah, so so I mean, I think, the, yeah go ahead no go, go ahead go ahead i'm sorry no i was just looking at the pricing right now so just to put some context around this so 
the entry level in the US is the 228i Grand Coupe. Uh, starts at 37500 and it has a 995 destination handling fee. And then the uh, M235i model starts at 45500 uh, with another 995 destination fee. So right. there's a big gap in between the two, but I guess, you know, some people that really want to get into the brand, they might go with a 228i. They're not even going to look at the 35i and, right. you know, 38.7, if you get some discounts there, you can really get some really good lease, you know, deals out of that. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the 228i, you know, more on the road than the M235i. Yeah, I can see that customer as well. Like, I think the 228i customer is going to be the old um, 320i customer. You know what I mean? Someone who's just looking for yeah. an entry-level mm-hmm. BMW that looks good, you know, has a nice interior. Because it does. The 2 Series Grand Coupe is a great interior. So, you know, they're going to get that. Um, I think that's the customer. I just don't see much of a, I don't see the, the customer for the M235i as much because it's my car stickered at $50,000, my test car, and it didn't have a sunroof. Mm. It didn't have wireless charging for your phone. It didn't have heated gotcha. seats. So it still wasn't even close to being like fully equipped and it was already 50 grand. You know, you're pushing, you know, you do another $5,000 and you're pushing M340i territory and that's a much, much, much better car. You know, so yeah. I don't see the M235i customer as much as I see the 228i customer. Yeah, I mean, I guess the best part is that they can probably play around with pricing, you know, in the future and, right. you know, either include more things as standard or I'm sure they will, they will look at that after one year, even though now it's kind of tough for this year to figure out yeah. what's going to happen. So, <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah, this year's but, kind yeah, of a overall, wash. Honestly, not to continue though with the M235i, I think to go drive it, you need to go see the car. I mean, if you want to look past the looks a little bit, if you don't like it, just go drive the car. And, you know, if you enjoy the drive, then it might be the car for you. A lot of the cars are like that. Like my i my i3 is the same way. It doesn't have the looks, but, you know, I enjoy the car from the moment that I drove it the first time. So that kind yeah, of... Yeah, I like the i3. Know. I think it's cool. Looking. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, see, some people think it's cool. Some people think, you know, it's super weird. So, well, it, it is weird, and that's yeah. why it's cool. It's yeah. so weird that it's awesome. You know, it's kind of yeah. I mean, so I had three of them. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the M two thirty five i. So yeah, it's 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 definitely an interesting car. It's better than I yeah. think a lot of BMW fans were expecting after hearing that it was front wheel drive. I think it's much better than what people were expecting, but it's still I think it still needs some work, and that's just me. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. It's always like with every product. Every product always can always be better. <laughs> course, can always so that leaves the room for you know the facelift. They can play around with things in the facelift. Right, and I think that's all it's going to take. Honestly, just some calibration, yeah. tuning, and just you know some little tweaking here and there. It could be a really really good car. Agreed. Sure. Agreed. All right, so let's let's move on to another topic that was kind of big this week. It was just every media outlet was kind of covering it. Um, but I guess everyone's just kind of piggybacking off each other these days because there's really yeah. <laughs> the new cycle slowing down. But um, the 7 Series Electric, so you kind of have more of a scoop on that than I think other outlets because, you know, you have all your cool BMW yeah. connections. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... Honestly, it's not news to us. I mean, you and I have been talking about the car for a very long time. I'm right. pretty sure if I go back, I think the first article on the 7 Series Electric was probably 2017-18. Uh, I think in uh, 15, 16, they said they're not going to do a 7 Series Electric. We're talking about current generation 
but they've been working on the next generation for quite some time. So uh, the writing was on the wall. Uh, we've we've actually published many many articles on the car. We've even you know uh, you know gave the scoop on a few things that's going to have. But it's not official until BMW says it's official, so it's understandable. You know, everyone went with the news this week. And bottom line is this: you know, there will be uh, a seven series electric, the seven series platform. You know, being the flexible platform, it will accommodate a gasoline, a diesel, a plug-in hybrid, and a fully electric model. Based on what I know, uh, again, not confirmed officially by BMW, but there sh there should be multiple variants of the seven series electric so not just one so expect to see you know the same thing that you will see in the i4 so i think when the i4 comes out we'll get an idea of the battery packs uh and the power that they have and the range and we can take that and apply it to the seven series the seven series being the larger car it's likely to have a larger you know battery pack than the i4 and um i think the top model will also be quite interesting because what they said was that the 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 most powerful next generation seven series would be an all electric car so based on what we we've seen also in the last few months and last year i was in munich and actually they showed us a uh, a car called the power power bath which was or lucy they were yeah i was just gonna bring that up was a, i'm glad you brought yeah, that up. that was a five series really that was a five series all electric and it was doing uh, 750 horsepower and it was insanely fast so you know Clearly, they have the capability to go up to uh, to 750 horsepower. It will definitely be over 600 horsepower because you know that's what the V12 had, the M760 Li, which right. you know it's not going to be produced anymore. So no more V12s. The V8 will be the basically the the top engine. So definitely more than 600 and something horsepower and up to 750. That's my that's my guess. And then battery packs, you know, it's fair to say that if they're talking about the i4 having, you know, up to 600 kilometers of range and a WLTP, uh, I see no reason why the 7 Series should not have something similar. You know, being the larger car, it's not as efficient as the i4, but I'm pretty sure they can they can deliver on that 600 kilometers, if not more. So that's right. kind of the interesting part. The top model, uh, it's I'm not sure what they're going to call it. I, I've heard... Things like, you know, they're looking at the different naming conventions. Uh, they might call it, you know, it can be an i7M because it's not a full M. So it might take the same naming convention as the M performance models, which means, you know, it could be called MI7. That's uh, that's one possibility. But then again, it's still two years out. Maybe they'll change the name, maybe not. But it will be, you know, an M2 car. So expect similar things that you see in the, uh, in the regular you know, gasoline-powered and performance cars, you know, uh, you know, sportier suspension, some M bits. I'm assuming, you know, that's why the the engine will be, you know, the, the not the engine, the electric motor will be, you know, higher tuned and up more. So it'd be very interesting. I mean, it will be the first time that we see something like that. So uh, I'm actually quite excited to uh, <laughs> to see what they can do with the 7 Series and, and right. M together. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the name earlier to me before, uh, MI7, and I think you had said that uh, some people might, you know, might mock the name a little bit, but I think that it's a great name. I, mean, I hope yeah, it's a really good name. It's really marketable. It's extremely marketable, right? I mean, yeah, MI7 sounds, sounds really cool, actually. I mean, you can go yeah. the direction of MI6, you know, from the from England, or you can go... Yeah, right? 
in a direction of, you know, Mission Impossible, you know, I mean, there are yeah, so many right. cool uh, associations there, but I actually like the name. It's quite unique and I'm hoping they're going to, you know, use that name and it'll be quite cool to see it on the badge of the car. Yeah, I would but, love uh, that. It will definitely be, I mean, aside from the electric drivetrain, I expect them to fully pack that 7 Series with, you know, the latest and greatest tech available. So we're talking about, you know, autonomous driving the highest level that they can deliver at that time. You know, lots of cool technology inside the car. I'm assuming they're going to go the direction of some really large screens inside the car. We've seen the i4, you know, with the two large, you know, uh, LCD screens inside. So I see no reason why they, they wouldn't do that in the MI7 or the 7 right. Series. So I expect a lot of you know cool stuff to show up in that car. Uh, the design, I don't know much about the design, but I know that it was it was done under the direction of the uh, former uh, head of design, Yosef uh, Kaban. So basically, oh, he was right, yeah. for a short time. I think only last like eighteen months, and I guess that was his you know project that he worked on since he got there. So. I'm assuming we'll see uh, see something different, something unique, you know, compared yeah, to what I'm, we've seen I'm before. See um, yeah, I'm pretty sure the the large grill will still be large, or maybe not sure, but I I have no I have no reason to believe they would they would go back to a small kidney grill on the car. Just hopefully they will do it, you know, they will design it in a better way, you know, and they will look more appealing. And right. It's another hot topic. I mean, they've what done else? a they've done a uh, future luxury concept. If you remember, a few years back, it was something that was supposed to be a seven series predecessor and which it just turned out to be just a concept like in the end but that one had a fairly large grill but it looked significantly better than on the current seven series so maybe they're going to do something like that which would be quite cool yeah well they also kind of grafted this new giant grill onto an existing seven series you know it's not like it was designed the car wasn't designed with that grill from the ground up it had a much different grill prior to the lci mm -hmm. and then they kind of just grafted the massive grill on so maybe with a whole new generation you know to design the car with the grill in mind you know it might be much better incorporated much more cohesively incorporated into the into the front end yeah exactly so um and it's electric time, so, so they have like I mean, more room the, to play with it doesn't have to be a functional grill they can kind of just yeah. make it you know whatever they want really for design purposes exactly so you'll be you'll, you'll be an exciting car I truly to, um, you know, to see, to drive, uh, especially, you know, he has that much power. He will definitely, you know, take the fight to the Tesla and all the other automakers, you know, the S class. So we just need to see how they compare in that segment now with an electric car versus just the ultimate luxury they had before, which right. I still think will be like, it will be luxurious. It will just be an electric car. Right. I mean, but, if um, anything, it should be more luxurious because it'll be quieter, you know? Exactly, yeah. And uh, the other thing that I, that I think that they haven't really, you know, talked about, uh, it's the fact that they're going to use probably a V8 uh, engine with a hybrid tech in, in the other models. So I think there will be a six-cylinder, of course, there will be a V8, but I think they were going to use that V8 with the hybrid because they can really do a lot of power out of that car, uh, out of that engine, and because the V12 is not there, now they need to bring that up power a little bit higher. So I think that... Uh, uh, plug-in hybrid tech with uh, V8 will be quite cool. That might be something that we will see before that in the X8 and performance car. I think they're doing one also. More on that later. And if that one comes uh -huh. to the market before... <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that one comes to the market before, then we'll have an idea what a V8 with a hybrid tech right. can do. 
So that'll be kind of interesting too. I mean, there will definitely be a plug-in hybrid, but I don't see them just doing a six-cylinder with, uh, you know, as they have now, they might go V8, but who knows? I mean, right now I don't have a lot of info on that, so I can't really speculate, but that's more of a wish. I kind of wish I would see a you know, <laughs> six, 600 horsepower V8 with, you know, plug-in hybrid tech. Well, if they want to, if they want to recreate the M760i's power without going fully mm-hmm. electric, they would have to go with a V8 plus hybrid tech. Agreed. You know, the, the six is exactly. powerful. The, the current 745e is great. It's got a ton of power. It's a straight six with a hybrid, but it can't do you know 600 horsepower. That's exactly. just too much. So that'll be awesome because now you get a really good plug-in hybrid, basically, and if they're able to up the um, uh, electric you know range in the in the hybrid then now you're talking about you know driving in the city fully electric for you know hopefully more than 50 miles so now you have this you know comfortable limousine that you can drive in the city it's you know it's eco-friendly it meets all the criteria you know you can make use of the e-drive zones basically technology and geofencing and of right. course if you want to go outside the city and you still want to you know hear that engine sound and have a little bit more you know, passion infused in your driving, then then you have that option as well. So honestly, I think plug-in hybrids are still uh, great cars. It's a great technology. And I'm hoping they're going to keep improving that for a while until we fully go fully electric one day, which, you know, might be a while until the entire industry changes to that. So right. We still have a long way exciting. for that. Yeah, it would, it would be exciting. And then I guess you yeah. have options then, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited about the idea. Um, yeah, like you said, that that Lucy thing, the power BEV, mm-hmm. um, based on the 5 Series, I think that was absolutely a test bed for you know a 7 Series electric, just electric performance cars in general. Yeah, I think it was a monster. So the idea of that powertrain being put in a production car, uh, or even just something similar to that powertrain being put in a production car, I think you should get anyone excited, 7 Series or otherwise. I think it's just a really cool, really cool idea that BMW is kind of testing that sort of you know, Porsche Taycan level, you know, electric yeah. performance car. Yeah, I mean, I just looked it up actually because I couldn't remember the exact figures, but um, you know, it had uh, seven hundred and twenty horsepower, five hundred and thirty kilowatts of power, and zero to sixty-two, zero to one hundred kilometers per hour in under three seconds. Yeah, I mean, so that's Porsche Taycan Turbo S power. You know, exactly. that's impressive, and exactly. and it weighed like. That was in an existing five series and a chassis that wasn't really designed for uh, electrification and it weighed like exactly. 6,000 pounds or something absurd. I don't remember the exact yeah, figure, yeah. but it was like yeah. insanely heavy. Yeah. So imagine that in a yeah, chassis yeah. that's been designed for electric powertrains, it could be much lighter and much, much faster. Exactly. And I mean, they're, by the time that it comes out, their goal is in the entire industry is that the battery packs are becoming more dense. So now you're able to pack, you know, more power into the same size, you know, cells or even smaller. So, um, you know, that's kind of that's kind of what everyone is working on, really. You know, making sure that they squeeze the most amount of, you know, electric power out of the same size battery pack. So right. maybe there is something, you know, coming that we don't know about, and it will make the car, you know, significantly lighter than that, you know, prototype that they had. Clearly, the prototype, you know, also hints at a future five series electric. I mean, if they're doing a seven series, we, we've already talked about it. I mean, there is no way that a five series, uh, it's not in the books. And and I know, and I know that it's coming. I don't know a lot about the car, but you know, there were several reports out there, including ours, 
kind of, you know, talking about the car. So there will be a five series electric for sure. I mean, that's, if you're trying to do the math, you know, to add up all the models they will have by 2022, 2023, then yeah, the five series will fall under that number. So yeah, that's very exciting. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a year, you know, of transition. Next year we'll get most of the electric cars that we've been expecting for a while. You know, I four, I next, and once we see those, now then we have a more educated idea on what to expect. There was an electric event also planned in Munich for this summer. I don't know if it's gonna happen, but they they were going to kind of showcase their future tech. You know, some of the things they're working on. So if you read between the lines at some of those events, you can kind of you know make sense of what's coming and right. what trying to do. But we'll see if that happens, and if if we can learn more, maybe they're gonna release some. You know information online that we can still you know you know come through it and uh, get something out of it but yeah kind of cool i'm excited yeah. about that seven series i'm excited you know about all the other electric cars and you know it's about time that we see something like on the road so yeah for, for sure yeah for sure bmw's a little late to the party oh see i mean let's just end on that topic i mean it's it's all relative i have discussion you know a lot of times uh, with different people, some of them are not even in the automotive industry. And the truth is, you know that you know the the statistics, the the numbers say that only two percent of the of the cars produced today are electric. So two percent, it's still fairly small. Even if it goes up this year to, you know, five ten percent, it's still a very small number of the entire, you know, automotive oh, world. So it's it's a long game. I think it's not something that you need to be first. Uh, same thing as you know Apple were with their phones. They were not the first one to do smartphones, but they did it better. So I think it's going to come down to who's going to execute, you know, better. Who's going to have the nicer designs and the better tech and all of that. But it's still a long game, and it's going to be you know played on for a very very long mm -hmm. time. It's a huge shift in the in in the automotive world. You know, I guess some people compare it to the horse and carriage, and then go to the car. You know, and you know, maybe it's not as drastic and radical, but it's certainly up there. Yeah, it's uh, close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's next decades will be all about electric cars, and uh, you know, it's it's all buzz right now. Some automakers, you know, like Tesla, you know, you know, they're ahead because they're just focused on that. But once the other, you know, large automakers, premium automakers, start to produce cars, it will even out the playing field, and and competition is good. We'll see some really good products, I guess, from everyone. And, keep pushing everyone to make some really good electric cars and free. if you're Absolutely. a consumer you should be excited about that if you're a bmw fan you might be disappointed today there are not too many options in that field but i guess you know next year 2022 there will be a lot more electric options and i would say it's probably worth waiting for i'm personally excited about the i4 so that's the car that i'm gonna you know be looking at first but we'll see what they do with the i next which might be the suv that people really want to buy so, right right all right well we can end on uh end on that one um i it's you know i know things are kind of crazy i know you've got stuff to get back to so uh i will let you go um thank you for joining us or thank you for having me i mean i guess we can end saying we hope everyone is staying safe yes we hope everyone gets through this uh and you know hopefully things go back to normal as we've said earlier and we can all resume our normal life and the jobs and everything else absolutely yeah hopefully things get back to normal sooner than later and we hope everyone is you know practicing you know uh social distancing and keeping themselves safe exactly that's just, the most uh, important thing right now absolutely yeah so everyone just stay safe thank you for listening 
Um, and as always, if you have any questions or comments, uh, email me at nico at bmwblog.com. And uh, thanks for joining me, Horatio. Thanks for having me, Nico. Appreciate it. Talk right, to man. you soon. All right. Bye.